got some people out there uh, getting dinner ready for a low country bowl and uh, some barbecue and barbecue and a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Oh, Shane got it past you too. We're here today to worship God and give honor to Jennifer. This is her day. Jennifer has just completed her ordination test, 300 written questions, and passed with a 96. Amen, 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 amen. 96 out of 300 written questions. And, and uh, I was speaking with our administrative bishop, Dr. Bell, and uh, he was given his... Uh, Congratulations, and he sends those congratulations even today. And, and and this is your day, and we bless you. Job well done. And I said, but Dr. Bell, I probably, I'm not sure, been a long time, but I probably did a 97. <laughs> I probably did. He said, we can look it up for you. I, no, that's okay. <laughs> That's okay, but what a great job that she has done. Now, you'll learn uh, during this time today that it's not just something that she has reached out to accomplish and receive accolades, but it's what's in her. It's what's in her. And we're proud. <laughs> we're proud. Uh, Dr. Tatum sends his... I don't understand with all these great minds of technology that the technology failed. These guys I called and spoke to, they didn't get they didn't get videos here. So Dr. Tatum was one of those. He was really proud. He was one of uh, Jennifer's instructors, professors in uh, uh, Lee University Extension, uh, a man that's uh, pastoring one of the top three churches in, uh, in in western North Carolina sends his congratulations. He too was one of her professors, Dr. Sloop. Uh, and those men, they're just, they're just, uh, they're like the evangelists today, top of the line. They're just top of the line. She had other that I called that technology failed, and I don't understand why it did, but Bruce Raymond, state overseer of um, South Carolina, um, state overseer of uh, New England, sends his regards, uh, Mike White. Uh, and, of course, uh, state overseer once was of, of Oklahoma, West Virginia, Ken Boyd. Uh, one of our, one of our uh, choice friends sends congratulations. All of these men uh, that they say job well done but as I said it's it's what's in her it's what's in her and uh, usually she's here and she's doing this and tells a good cat story is there a good cat story tells a cat story life related learning you know what I ask of you life related learning I, I, I want you to serve God Live for him because he promised. He said, I'm coming again to receive you unto myself. 
that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, different folks may discuss and debate where is heaven, and are we going to be in a first heaven, fifth heaven, ninth heaven? What difference does it make if we're with Jesus Christ? That's where we want to be when this life comes to a close. I love you. I, you guys are just wonderful. You probably could look at your neighbor and say, you're wonderful. You are wonderful. You are dynamite. And I'm telling you, Sister Dyson, I don't know that she's looking down from heaven. I don't know how God works those things. Uh, but if she were looking down from heaven, she'd be tickled to death with uh, Michael dressed up like he, oh, she, she did, she did love Michael. And today, we do have uh, several of uh, Jennifer's uh, siblings, uh, and, and they're here to honor her and bless her. I'd ask you, if you will, just stand with me, and let's together invite God's presence. Father, we love you. You are great, and you are mighty. There is none like unto you. Oh, God, you're our help. You're our strength. God, you're our all in all. We're here today to worship you, to lift you high, and to bless your name. We shall do that today. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We bless you. But we're also here to honor uh, Jennifer in what she has done for God's glory. And I ask you, Lord, your blessings upon her, your blessings upon this entire church. Father, I pray for everyone here, those that are watching uh, on, on computer or whatever, and I bless them in the name of Jesus. May all be touched by the mighty power of God. And today we bless you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now Jennifer's coming and do some of her usual things, so worship with her as they sing. Amen. And we're going to, yes. He took all my thunder for my cat story, so we're going to praise the Lord. Through the night, 
waiting for change to come but knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet promise still stands your promise still stands the great is your faithfulness your faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence you've never failed me
Your promise still stands that great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise still stands that great is your faithfulness, your that the Lord has never failed and he never will no matter what give him a hand clap of praise today praise him in this place thank you Jesus good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God we're glad to have all of you with us this morning if you are a guest, if this is your first time here, I hope that you'll enjoy the service. I hope you'll enjoy it enough that you'll come back again and be with us again at some time or another. It's time to receive our tithing offering. See, I'm up here for a lot of reasons, but one reason I am, I want your money. So it's time to receive our offering if the usher will come at this time. <laughs> Brother Jordan, will you say the blessing over the offering for us this morning, please? Sometimes those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten and I'm falling too far from his hands. But I know 
first time I met Jennifer, she told me, I sing this service, I sing this service, and I sing this service. And I said, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Because we need the help at the time, and the Lord sent her our way to help us. And she's not quit since that time. She's still been active and still been working in the church. And it's a great thing to be able to say about somebody is that they've been faithful. Uh, and my song this morning goes to her. And so you pray for me this morning as I sing thank you. Sacrifices made 
Pastor Chuck, I do not sing. <laughs> it's good to see you. Good morning, everyone. Well, I'm here to take prayer requests, but before I do, <laughs> I will say one of the first times I met Jennifer here at this church, <laughs> I was here doing community service. I know y'all probably know that. <laughs> yeah, I was here doing community. You just want me to say it again. I was here doing community service, and I met Jennifer, and uh, she changed my life, and I'm so grateful for that. So I just thank you for everything you do, and proud of you, and I don't think anyone knows or sees how much you put into everything you do. So love you. It's time for prayer requests. Brother Mike.
not, raise hands. I'm sorry, Jennifer. Yeah, pray for my mom. She's had a bout with not feeling well the last couple of days. So blood pressure issues and other things. So just pray that she gets feeling better. That's it. Any unspoken raised hands, please stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. Time to fellowship.
praise the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. Amen. Uh, praise God. Sister Dyson's in glory, so so if we can get Shane to sit down, we'll start. Since, since Sister Dyson's not here, you know you know how we used to do that all the time was just, well, Sister Dyson was the slowest about fellowshipping. I'll tell you, and she may be the same way in glory right now, you know, but the slowest, and praise God. You know, there's sometimes that uh, I just miss it. Uh-huh, surprised you wasn't at Kim. That was, ah, uh, see, my younger son says, surprise, surprise. I miss, well, I hadn't been able to be up here much, uh, but uh, we have people that help this church, that bless this church. Dina this week worked herself to a sweat, helping Sister Joyner with, with things that need to be done before this special day. Uh, uh, Brother, Brother Mike does things almost constantly. Brother Vic, other people. There's folks that are vacationing in Tennessee today that help keep flowers on the doors and beautiful. I, I mean, one after another. Ken makes his wife go help him over to, uh, to help serve and clean up. Uh, I'll tell you, they're just great and wonderful people here uh, that love God, and, and I appreciate every one of them. And... Uh, Jeff is one of those people, and I can't say enough words. The words would not say how much Jeff means to me and how that Jeff and Amanda has blessed my life. Uh, he makes it so easy for me. Uh, I give him all the blame. I take all the credit. Praise God. That's the way it's supposed to be with the pastor and the administrative, uh, uh, church administrator. I, I didn't put church first. I was hoping one of my favorite members would be able to be here today, but Sister Keller has not had a good week. And uh, Sister Keller, she's one of my favorites. Oh, there's two or three others, uh, you know. And I appreciate every one of them. She was eight years old, Brother Mike, when she told you that. She said, I sing, what, Wednesday and Sunday and all that stuff. So early on, she was, Jennifer was was ministering early on. Uh, that technology I talked to you about, it fades a little bit. But her mother has a tape. Now, I'll have to just say what it's about because we can't lift it off to put it on modern-day stuff. Uh, or at least there's nothing on there that says now. But we were we were over in uh, China Grove before we got a, a chance to come over here. And uh, one of her first messages, I guess, it might not have been the first, but one of the first messages she preached was so before she was eight. She was preaching about some kind of mule in the Old Testament. Ha, 
praise God and, and, and God speaking to the mule. <laughs> so she's been doing what she does for many, 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 many years. Now, I had scripture that I left on my computer. It's laying there. I didn't turn it off. <laughs> One of them I can remember. Second Timothy 2.15. Study. To show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Another one of those verses said something like, whether absent or present, the desire is to be approved, approved of God. Man's approval is good. Oh, we like it. Brother Mike, you, you like it, David, when folks leave and say, oh, that was good, and I tell you, that was good. That was good. We like that. We like the pats on the back. Don't who is it here don't like it? You don't you don't even want it. Uh-huh. Thought so. Well, <clears throat> accolades from man are good. Sometimes they're very necessary to help move things along like they ought to be. And God's given you the words sometimes to speak to exhort somebody and lift them up. But there's sometimes it doesn't matter what man says. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to be instant in season, out of season. Rebuke, reprove, exhort with all long suffering. I'm going to tell it like it is. <laughs> she does that. She does that. Right now she does that. Now I started to tell you how long we've been here, but then that would give you Jennifer's age. But uh, let me say that... Uh, this morning, we have a great speaker, and that speaker is going to come to us right after Jeff has some things to do uh, and say as our church administrator. Then I think uh, Jennifer and Lenee will come and sing. Uh, and as soon as they're done, then Chuck Davis is coming to minister to us. We'll tell you the best of his recollection I can't remember how many years 21 years ago we met Chuck Lord I ask you to help me uh, 21 years ago camp meeting in the western part of the state in the mountains and we looked over. I was dumbfounded. I said, the brass, they usually eat at the motel, the big motel. <laughs> and here's brass. We ate at the same table that day. Brass. I can tell you, I can tell you, he's just one of the best of the gems that God is making up. You read about it in Malachi, uh, uh, Malachi? 
that he's making up a bride for Jesus Christ. He's one of those gems. Gosh, you got to help, help me, Lord. Um, and uh, thank you. Um, Shane and Jennifer uh, just, just love the man um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. He, uh, uh, I gave Jennifer away as her dad. I preached a, a wedding. But I'll tell you what, uh, the topping was put on the cake when Chuck come and did what he did. Uh, weeks later, uh, some of you were there. Chuck's family is a family that loved God. They too, his children, are laborers in the vineyard. His children are doing great things for God. They're a beautiful family, and uh, he's still brass today. He's still uptown today. And uh, we appreciate him being here, and he is coming to minister to you. He will bless your heart as he ministers to you. And we love him a bunch. And uh, friend, for 21 years, we just uh, appreciate him so much. And all of you, I, hey, I appreciate you guys. Every one of you look good. Kim, tell your mama she looks good. Oh, yes, amen. Well, I, I, I'm going to stop because I'll, I'll get too emotional. I'm worse than Jennifer sometimes. Of course, I can give mine off. I mean, Neva, Neva. I can give mine off to cancer, okay? Ha! I got an excuse. Praise the Lord. But Jeff, our minister, he's coming now. God bless you. We tried to hide the gift, but Jennifer found it this morning. So. Jennifer, if you can, if you can come up here. Yeah, I think she might have saw it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Let's just stand right here so we're in range. Oh, of in the, range of the, the camera. Hello, Otherwise, um, so I, we were going to get you a Bible, but we thought you probably had a couple of those. <laughs> so. Um, Instead, we, uh, you're a note taker, and I'm a note taker, but I can write three words, you know, and be good, and Jennifer writes <laughs> verbatim, you know, <laughs> exactly. in, in Wednesday nights. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's word for word exactly what yes. you're going to say. So um, we got you some journals here for note taking with, and a pen, which I hear Mont was, no. it, it's, it's <laughs> Montblanc, no, it is not <laughs> <Yeah>. Montblanc, <laughs> um, but it is a, it is a, a nice pen to to uh, to use in your in your studies and in your note taking and things like that. So um, we just want to say thank you for everything. As, as Brother Mike alluded to, um, you know I don't know that there's anything that you don't jump in and help with and that's and do. Right. And that's just um, that's just part of of who you are. So um, from the on behalf of the church, I just want to give you a, a token of our appreciation. Yes. Thank you.
hello to everyone who's watching online. Praise the Lord. Thank you so very much. Praise the Lord. Daddy said not to talk because I would cry. Oh, okay. I won't cry. I am so proud of her. <laughs> Look at you, Kim. You don't believe it. I am really proud of her. Um, she's a sweetheart, and of all, <laughs> she's mean too. But um, <clears throat> what God did for us, our family, was He sent Jennifer, and she brought us all together. Right? She was that glue that He sent, and um, ain't nothing like a sister. Ooh, I can tell her anything and everything. And I want to say, I want to say, um, now just listen. But she don't. She's going to tell me. And she's going to tell me what I don't want to hear, what I need to hear, or what I don't want to hear. You know, she's she does tell it like it is. I do love this little girl. I know y'all already knew that. I am very proud of you. So proud of you. This life is a journey we walk by faith. Please be the mountains in our way. But right here in this moment, may our strength be renewed as we recall what God has done and how we've seen Him move. If there's anybody here who's now in faith, Anybody here who knows he's able, say amen. If there's anybody here who's seen his power, anybody here walk through the fire, say amen. Anybody here found joy in the middle of sorrow, just say It's hard to see. So just be brave and follow where he leads. Cause greater is the one who's in us than he who's in the world. So child of God, remember the battle is the Lord. And if there's anybody here who's found him faithful, Anybody here who knows he's able, come on and say amen. If there's anybody here who's seen his power, anybody here brought through the fire, say amen. Anybody here found joy in the middle of sorrow, peace in the storm and hope for tomorrow. Seen it time and time again, just say amen. Even in the valley of the shadow, when you feel alone in the unknown, just say amen, say amen. Even when the storm.
are raging. Stand and know you're not forsaken. Just say amen. Just say amen. Is there anybody here? Tell me, is there anybody here? Come on and say amen. Anybody here who's found him faithful? Anybody here who knows he's able? Say amen. Anybody here found joy in the middle of sorrow? Peace in the storm and hope for tomorrow. Seen it time and time again. Just say amen. Just say Praise the Lord, it's good to be with you this morning. I am honored, I am blessed to be here, to stand in this pulpit is, is, uh, is an honor. And I have known them for 21 years, and uh, they haven't kicked me off the front porch yet. Didn't change the locks, and I really appreciate that. But Brother Larry, I want you to know that brass means judgment. And it's also it's the third reward when in, when in the Olympics. So thank you, thank you for kicking me to the third position. And so uh, well, praise the Lord. It is good to, to be with you today. We're going we're gonna to lift the Lord today. I hope this word will be encouraging for you. I hope that you will see Jesus like you've never seen him before. Or that you might see him like you used to see him before there was a drift or just because things started flooding in on you. I don't know with so many electronics, people don't bring their Bibles anymore. 
So I don't know how you're going to use a sword when something comes against you. But I'm going to I'm going to put some eyes on here and I'm going to read to you. You can pay attention. We're going to um, to the book of John, the gospel of John. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you shall keep my commandments. You'll keep my word. And I will pray to the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth in the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I shall not leave you comfortless, and I will come to you. Yet in a little while the world sees me no more, but you shall still see me, because I live, and we shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Here's my hinge scripture. This is something that's vitally important, and this will carry us through this whole text, or this message today. Jesus said this, He that keeps my word and my commandments, and he keeps them, it is he that loves me. He that stays in my word, who meditates upon it, memorizes it, walks it out, this is the one that really shows true love. If he keeps my word, it says this, that by then they love me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will make myself manifest unto him. I shall manifest myself unto them. What does that mean? I shall reveal myself unto them. They shall see me in their everyday life. They shall see me not just on Sundays. They shall see me in the darkest valley or the mountain peaks. They, I shall reveal myself in not only an answered prayer, but I shall be the answer. I will be the answer, not just answer the prayer. Me, Folks, we are many times asking God to do things for us. We're begging Him to do things for us rather than resting in that we are His kids. And he wants to reveal himself to us. We ask more than we think. We ask more than we think. So in this he says, And I will love him, and I will manifest myself unto him. Judah said unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us, and not into the world? And Jesus said unto him, If any man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will make our abode with him. I like that. We shall come and we'll live with him. I don't know where you are in your life right now. You know, life is tough, right? Right? The pandemic has been tough. A lot of things are tough. Matter of fact, I don't know if you or, or what my mind gets scattered many times because I'm thinking about too many things at the same time. That's just the way my mind works. And so there are many times that I need to have rest. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, 3, that thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Amen. I have to think about the Lord. But he says, I shall manifest myself unto him. There was a mother. She, was, she only had this much time. Her kids were at school. She had to pick them up, one from elementary, one for daycare. So she had just enough time to go and get her groceries. So she gets her groceries, she loads up the car, it's a hot day, she puts everything in there, as she closes the door, she's getting ready to put it in the drive, 
she hears the Lord drop in her spirit, I want you to watch those men across the street. Right across the street, there were three old guys, three old gentlemen, and they were all sitting on a park bench, had their legs crossed and their knees upon their, their hat upon their knees. And she then, she contended with the Lord. She says, Lord, I can't watch these men. I've got ice cream. I've got frozen food. I've got this much time. I've got to pick up the little one, and then I have to go pick up the other ones. You know what the Lord said? I want you to watch those gentlemen across the street. You know why? Because he's our creator. We didn't create him. There are people who try to create him and recreate him. Maybe you know people want to recreate the Lord today to fit them. But she says, Lord, I, I've got all this stuff to do. He says, watch those men across the street. She just looks at these gentlemen. They're spending time with each other. They're laughing. They're just talking. They're just fellowshipping, right? And so then she's then, she's contemplating in her mind about what she has in the car and what she's got to do. Lord, he said, watch the men across the street. And about that time, she noticed one of them grabbed his chest, fell to the ground, and expired. She immediately, she opened the door, ran across the parking lot, across the busy street. She knew what to do as a child of God. She got on her hands and her knees. She laid her hands upon him and started praying in tongues. Started praying in the Spirit. Not mouth to mouth, not no, no resuscitation. She started praying in tongues. The Bible says when you pray in tongues, you pray, in, you pray the mysteries of God. And as she's laying her hands upon him and praying in tongues, all of a sudden he, <gasps> he was revived. If she had not listened to the Lord, he would have laid there dead. Folks, this is something that is available to those who walk with God. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to manifest himself. He wants us to bear fruit. The Bible says in John chapter 15, he says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you will, and it will be given unto you. Yeah. Right? But then as he wants us to bear fruit, and he says, If you do these things, I will answer what you, what you ask for. Thank he you. said that you might bear fruit, and that you might have fruit that will remain. How many of you want to have fruit that remains? Oh. Right? That goes on and on and on and on. That it keeps giving. It, it duplicates itself because God had his hand on it. Amen. Amen? Amen? But he says that you might have bare fruit and that my joy might be in you. Not just that you would have joy. He says that my joy. What kind of joy do you think the Lord would have to give you? It is joy that is beyond any human recognition. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10 that... The joy of the Lord is our strength. How many of you need strength in these days that we're living in? How many of you need strength over the, your situations? You know, there, this guy says, hey, how are you doing? He says, fine under the circumstances. And he said, aren't you a believer? And he said, yes. He said, what are you doing under your circumstances? You're the head and not the tail. You go over and not under. Change your attitude because your attitude will change your altitude. Amen? Hallelujah. But he says that my joy might be in you. I like that. Because I can have joy just as long as I'm happy. But when I'm not happy, my joy flees. Right? 
But as we, he says, I want my joy to be in you. And I, I, I desire that for you. Because we're going through situations, folks. I don't know if anybody in here is in a trial this morning. Trials rob you of joy. Trials rob you of peace. Trials will, will rob you of common sense sometimes. Right? And so that we must, we must abide in Him. In this, this text, in John chapter 15, Jesus, Jesus Christ Himself uses the N-word. Did you know that? He did. So which translation are you reading? I'm reading the King James, which is the Living Bible. Verse 5. This is, this is it. You ready? You're going to be shocked. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him. The same brings more, most fruit, much fruit. But without me, you can, here's the end word, you can do nothing. He doesn't want us to have that nothing. The end word. He wants us to have something that we might have fruit of our labors, that we might bring glory to God. So he yeah. desires to reveal himself to us. You know, in, in this situation, or whatever situation you may find yourself, you may say, this is impossible. This is impossible. I don't know, I don't know any way around this. this. Cannot this change? It's impossible. But you know, the Lord says, there is nothing impossible to God. Without God, all things are possible. Amen. So in your situation, if you're, you're in a trouble or a trial today, Let's look at that word impossible for just a moment. If we have God in us, and He's on our case, and He's taking care of it, the impossible becomes, if I have the Lord, I'm possible. I'm possible. Not impossible, but it has to be without me. You can do nothing. You have to have something, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Amen? In Mark chapter, let's see. Uh, so these, in my words, you shall abide, but you can do nothing. I remember there was uh, years ago that I was preaching in the Czech Republic, the former Czechoslovakia. I preached in Pilsen, I preached in Prague, I preached at, at a little town called Nierzko, but this night I was in a town, uh, Domeslitz. And where we met had been a church that was a secret church not in the town square, but we had to go down these cobblestone ways down through there, down in the lower part of the, of the little town. And there was this room, and it was probably about, about this size that were in there. And so they were telling me the story that this was a secret church where they had shutters on the outside, shutters on the inside, and they also put mattresses up against the window. And as they would sing and worship God, they would sing in a whisper. And the glory of God would fall. Singing in a whisper because it would not give them away. So, so that night, after the word, then people were coming for prayer. And I remember I had spoken to a translator. The translator came over and there were two men that were standing there with me, in front of me. He said, these two guys have come, these two gentlemen have come. Their families are very sick, both their wives and their children have very high fevers. They have, they have no money. They have no money at all. So once the interpreter or, or trans, uh, 
told me the story. Then they scampered off to do their thing. These two guys standing in front of me, they didn't speak any English, and I sure didn't speak any Czech. So I remember they stood before me. I put my hands upon their shoulders, and I began to pray the best I knew how. I heard, I heard the situation. I prayed about the situation. I asked for God for health and healing, and they just stood there. I felt so frustrated. I felt so frustrated. I felt so helpless. I'm like, they know I'm praying for them. I know I'm praying for them. You know I'm praying for them. But I, I was at the point of tears. God, I need your help. Then all of a sudden, the unction came and I started praying in tongues. I started praying in the Spirit of God. And all of a sudden, after about three or four sentences, their eyes popped up and they opened and they looked at me. And then they knelt. My hands went from their shoulders to the top of their heads. And I was praying in tongues and they were understanding every word that I was saying. He says, if you love me and you love my words and you stay in my words, he says, I, my Father will love you, I will love you, and I will manifest myself unto you. I was desperate. Could, could God have worked just me praying and understanding? Yeah, I, I could, I could have, they could have known that I was finished when I stopped praying, right? They didn't know when I say amen. I found out the very next day the fevers were broken that very hour. That's the Lord Jesus Christ that we serve and we sing about. That's the one that we need to trust. That he wants to trust us. There, there are things that, that the Lord asks us to do. There was a lady... So he can reveal himself. There was a lady that went to a, a meeting downtown Charlotte. Back then it was the Adams Mark Hotel. And it was a women's Bible conference, a women's conference, an encouragement conference, right? And so the way they had the chairs, they were all kind of circled up. This one lady, she sat, and she looked right across the way, and there was a lady that sat on the front row, and she had on a fur coat. And so this lady was kind of making some opinions, you know, in her head, like, what's he wearing a fur coat in here? And she, she's keeping it on, right? So she's, we're at a Bi she's at a Bible conference. How many of you know at a Bible conference you can have stinking thinking too? Right? You might be having stinking thinking right now. Who is this guy made out of brass? Um, but then guess what the Lord did? He's faithful. See, this lady loved the Lord. What did he do? He spoke to her and he says, I want you to go give your coat to that lady. Lord, she has on a mink coat. I want you to give your coat to her. She th I guess she thought she was being chastened to the Lord because she had an attitude about this lady. And so then she was going back and forth contesting the Lord. He says, I, I, I want you to give your coat to her. Lord, we don't have a lot. This, this is the best coat that I have, and it's not much. And so the Lord, I guess, he was like, oh, sure, honey, that's all right. No, he didn't. He says, I want you to give your coat to that lady. So afterwards, she got up. She walked across begrudgingly. She says, hello, I'm so-and-so. The lady says, I'm so-and-so. 
Listen, I, I don't know what this means. Trust me, I don't know what this means. But the Lord spoke to me that I should give my, my coat to you. Immediate, the lady in the mink coat broke out in tears and started weeping. She says, two days ago, my house burnt down to the ground. I lost everything. Everything I'm wearing is borrowed. <laughs> Jesus said that he wants to manifest himself to us. The lady that had the groceries, she contested the Lord, did she not? The Lord was persistent. He did not let her go. So then what happened? The man was raised because she listened. She stayed around. Then this lady, she had to give her coat to the lady in the, in the mink, right? She had to listen to the Lord. The Lord is a, a loving, compassionate, tender God. He wants to involve us in what He is doing. There are kids that when their father invites them to do things with them or a mother invites their child to do things with them, that it just does a world of good for that child. My daughter coming to support me this morning means a lot to me. She's 18, but I tell you what, she's 32 in maturity. And she loves God, buddy. She loves God at one side and down the other. And that's true. But the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, How do you call me Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I say? We can be Christians. We can be waiting for the sweet by and by. But if we're not walking here in the rough now and now, what have we got to show for it? Amen? But he says, if you love my word, if you stay in my word, this is more than just memorizing John 3.16 and skipping out for the rest of your life. It means meditating upon the word of God day and night. The Bible says this in Psalm chapter 1. It also says this in, in, um, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It says, if you will meditate upon my word day and night, then you shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that when drought comes. How many of you know that there is an economic drought out there? How many of you know that there is a health drought out there? How many of you know there's some common sense drought out there right now? I mean, just, there's just a lot going on out there. But he says, if you meditate upon my word day and night, when the drought comes, your, wheat, your leaf shall not wither, but you shall the Bible says in Joshua 1.8, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, Joshua, it's time for you to step up to the plate. But he says, you keep my word in your heart and in, in front of you, and you meditate upon it day and night. Everything you lay your hands to shall prosper. We're not talking about the Midas touch. We're talking about in relationships you'll prosper. And things that you're doing, you're going to prosper. And how about, how about just that you would prosper even in the things of, of your family? Right? The, the things of your kids, the situations, health situation. Anybody, anybody going through a trial in a health situation right now? Are we begging or we're praising? Mark chapter 9. This is the story of the Father. Because Jesus, he wants to present himself, to reveal himself, to show up. But then he also wants to reveal himself to those who don't know him. Would you believe that, right? And so this is the story where the man, he had a teenage son that he had taken to the disciples that they would pray for him because he had a demon. 
It would throw him in the fire. It tried to throw him in the water, trying to drown him and trying to kill him. And so the disciples could not do it. And so Jesus came up and he saw that they were contending. The scribes and Pharisees were contending with the Father and the disciples, his disciples. He says, what are you guys fussing about? The Father says, for I have brought my son that they might pray for him, but they could do nothing. Jesus said, oh, faithless generation, how long do I, am I going to be with you that you still don't get it? Even talking about his disciples. You know, his, his disciples, the ones that walk with him all the time. Do you remember when that Syrophoenician lady came up and she said, my child is, my child is death, or is, is, is very sick and all likened unto death? Right? Remember that lady? She wasn't a Jew. She was a Syrophoenician lady. So she came up because she heard that the, that the Lord was the one that he revealed himself and he did marvels and, and miracles and wonders. He cared for people and he was moved with compassion. He said, woman, it's not for me to give the children's bread to those. She said, yeah, but even the crumbs that fall from the table, the dogs eat. You know what Jesus said standing there with all these disciples? He looked at her and said, woman, I have not seen such great faith. Jennifer, you've been preaching on faith. I have seen such great faith in all of Israel. You know those, those Hebrew boys there, all 12 of them standing there? I haven't seen such great faith even in all of Israel. Boys, you don't have it. How long is it that I'm going to be with you that you still don't yet understand? Right? So in this, he, he said, bring the boy unto me. That's a need. How many of you have a need this morning? You have a need? Tell the Lord, even under your breath right now, what is your need? Don't just, don't just tear at me. Just, what is your need? And so we have needs. And he said, Jesus said, bring the boy to me. And as they were bringing the boy to Jesus, Jesus looked upon him. And it says that when he looked upon him, immediately the evil spirit tore the boy, threw him on the ground. He was wallowing. He was, in, he was convulsing. He was, he was uh, foaming at the mouth. He was making his own mud by his own saliva and stirring it up by his own body. You know what Jesus did? Nothing to that boy. Not a thing. Oh, why not take care of that? Because he had to take care of a, of a problem, a situation. How many of you know that if you just heal the subject and the situation and you don't take care of the cause, you're going to have it again? Right? You put a Band-Aid on, a, on a, an abscess. I mean, you, you can put one that's even got these crazy little pictures of of the minions and stuff on it and make it pretty for a little bit, but it's still an abscess. Right? You can fake it for so long, but, but God is, is wanting to change us. Thank you, Father. He wants to make us better. Thank you, Father. So then when, it, when the evil spirit, when Jesus looked at him and said, how many of you have ever prayed and the situation got worse? <laughs> have you ever prayed and it got worse? God, where are you? Did you go to the kitchen for a sandwich while all this was happening? Do you not see what is happening? The Lord said, do you not hear what you're saying about what I'm seeing or what I'm not seeing? You think he's pleased? He's trying to, to, 
mold us and conform us into the image of His own Son, Jesus. Right? He's, he's molding us and conforming us. And sometimes, how many of you know, to, to conform something, you have to apply pressure. It has to happen. You have to do it. I mean, you, you can't make an Easter basket with little eggs out of Play-Doh unless you squeeze it. You can't just go, well, become. It doesn't become. All it does is become hard. <laughs> you got to go buy more. So he said, Father, how long has this been happening? How long has this been going on? He, the boy's still, he's still convulsing over here. How long has this been going on? Which means, how long have you tolerated this that you did not seek God? How long have you just been trying to work around it? How long have you just tolerated even when your son is in pain? The demon is trying to kill him. And you're giving him rope to hang him. How long has this been going on? He says, since he's a little, he's a little child. And so at that point, when Jesus is asking the hard questions of this fellow, he said... If you, could, if you can, can you help us out here? Will you have compassion? If you can. He didn't know who he was talking to, did he? He'd heard stories about Jesus. If you can. Yes, Lord. Did he know him? Did you know, folks, we can't point fingers at that dad, that father, because many times we can believe better for other people than we can believe for ourselves. Is that true? Man, we, we, can, we can stomp and spit and shout and hallelujah of all we want to do for other people. We can just act like we are the brass with some finesse and going to get it done. Right? So we, we go through these situations and, 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 and thinking that, that God's going to grade us on a curve. But he says, if you can, Jesus said, listen, if anyone, we've got any anyone's out here? Any anyone's? I, I say two anyone's sitting right over there. If anyone can believe, it shall be possible. Remember, it may be impossible, but with Jesus, it is I'm possible, right? That he can help us and he can. He can bless us. Hallelujah. But help my... So Jesus said yes. And so then the father came to the point of tears. And he says, in tears, he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know this story. Did you know that even King David, a man after God's own heart, who was the apple of God's eye, in Psalm 86, 11, he said this, Lord, unite my heart that I might fear your name. He saw that he had a divided heart. He saw that even in himself he had partial love for God. He had partial devotion. But the blessed thing about David is he did not want to stay there. We always hear about David's failures, right? David, David's failures. But David was quick to repent, to acknowledge his sin and Praise repent. 
right? He was quick because he did not want to leave that fellowship with God. He did not want to leave it. He says, early in the morning shall you hear my voice, and I shall look up, Psalm chapter 5. My God and my King. So then this, this father, he cried out in tears, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. But then something significant happens. Not only does God want to reveal himself, not only does he want to manifest himself, that he, he, he comes to this, this other place where he's, he sees that if you're believing and you get around other unbelievers or ones that have tucked their tail because of defeat, he knows that something can happen that will not be positive. So it says when the, he brought the father to the place he needed to be, because how many of you know if he'd healed that boy immediately and he sent him back home with a half-hearted father who did not know God? Send him back so you, you know, right? So you clean your pig and you send him back to the pig pig and then slop. Is that what you do? Do you think Jesus wants to do that? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He wants to change the whole environment. He wants to change the whole situation. God is a checker. I mean, a chess player, not a checker player. We're one step at a time. He's already 12 moves ahead. He wants to be involved in the whole thing, not just that one next move. What should we do? He wants to change it. He wants to conform it into the image of his son, Jesus. And so... But then it says that Jesus looked around and he saw the crowd come running. He brought the Father to where he needed to be. Then he saw the crowd come running. Who's running? The scribes and the Pharisees? The disciples who failed? Who had, had it handed to them in a basket? Right? So he said when he, the Bible says when he saw them come running, that he immediately, he rebuked the foul spirit in that child. You deaf and dumb spirit, I rebuke you. Come out of him and never enter him ever again. And he healed the child. And then all of a sudden the child was at peace where he looked as he was dead. The people said, he's dead. No, he was at peace. He, he was getting some shut eye. He's finally at peace, right? And then he took him up and he said, Father, here's your son. Because Jesus... He brought the father where he needed to be. But then if there's this situation, they all came running, then they brought all their doubt and unbelief and, and questions. It could put the father back in because then he had peer pressure. So Jesus had to deal with it quickly. You remember when he healed Jairus' daughter? Remember she was dead, the little 12-year-old girl? When Jesus went over to the house, she was dead. And... She had died, and so the people that are out there, the mourners are out there, and Jesus said, I've come here. She, she's dead. He said, she's not dead. She only sleeps. And it says they laughed him to scorn. You know what he did? He went inside, closed them out. He closed the door. He just took a few of his disciples, and he prayed for her because he knew that if he left the door open and all those skeptics were in there, what, what's it to show? A, what do you have to show a nanny? What do you have to show a numbskull? Right? So he went in and he closed the door. And Peter was in there and he saw that, that, that one girl, she was raised from the dead. You remember later on in life when, when Peter, remember Dorcas, the lady who died? And Peter was called to go pray for her. She was dead. She was in her chamber. You know what Peter did? He went over there and he remembered what his, what his master did. He went in and shut the door behind him and left all the 
the doubters outside and he prayed for Dorcas and she was raised from the dead. Jesus said, if you love me, he says, I will manifest myself unto you. Is this, is this feeding anybody this morning? Anybody? So then we, this thing of unbelief. Years and years ago in my secular job, I had business one day at the um, Federal Reserve, you know, where they count all the old money and they do all this stuff. And I mean, there's millions and millions. I mean, there would be a table over here. This lady's got 20s and they're counting it to destroy it. And so I took care of the machines that would count them. And then, but this day, I was, I, uh, anytime you went in the Federal Reserve, you had to have somebody right in your hip pocket, basically. They had to stay right with you because of the security of everything. But I don't know what I would do because there were gun, there were gun turrets in there, too. And the, <laughs> I, I, there's a couple times I was tempted. I, I, this is just a streak of honoring. I just wanted to kind of look around and just kind of like I was drawing. But I didn't do it. Praise the Lord. I did not do it, but I was tempted to do it just to see what they would do. But there was a lady that was, she had to stay with me, and so I was taking care of a computer that day. And so just to make general conversation, it was on a Monday. I did not know this woman. She did not know me. I'd never met her before. So just general conversation. I said, well, how's your weekend? She said, I went to Virginia over the weekend. That's all she said. I, she said, what did you do? I said, well, I worked in the yard on Saturday and went to church on Sunday. But after I finished that sentence to her, the Lord says she went to Virginia to visit her son in prison. I want you to talk to her about it. <laughs> oh, Lord, I got ice cream in the car. I got frozen food. I said, Lord... I can't bring that she went to see her. I don't know this lady. I can't talk to her about visiting her son in prison. What if I'm wrong? She's liable to slap me. She's liable to tell them I stole something and they'll lock me up. He said, well, I, son, I want you to share with her that she visited her son in prison in Virginia. My throat, you know, my, my heart's in my neck. I said, ma'am, when you went to Virginia, did you go and see your son in prison? Her mouth dropped open, her eyes got large. She says, how in the world did you know that? I don't know you. You don't know me. I said, no, but there's one who does. And he wants you to get to know him. His name is Jesus Christ. And evidently, you have some pain. You have some regrets about your son. Is that true? As we carried on. She didn't even know who the, the father to her son was because she knew so many men. Matter of fact, that same lady didn't know who her father was because her mother had been with so many men just to get their bills paid. You know what I mean? So she didn't know who her father was or and he, she didn't know who the father was to her son and he had made choices. She was doing everything she could. I said, listen, but the Lord has concern and care for you, for your broken heart. Because the Bible says, He binds up the wounds of the brokenhearted and He sets at liberty those who are held captive. Does that interest you? Do you have regrets? I didn't push into sin just yet. I said, do you have regrets? She says, yes, I do. So by the time I left out of there that day, Jesus healed her, healed her wounds 
and she came to Jesus Christ. She gave her heart to the Lord that day. Just because you, I had to listen to God, and, but I contested him because, I thought, Lord, how can this be right? But there was a word of knowledge. It was something that he gave to me that was impossible for me to know, right? And so then I, I said, we've got to get you some Bibles. I'll tell you how long ago this was. I, I said, I've got, I, in my car, I've got, I've got the, the New Testament on cassette, on cassette and I would love to gift you with that. I'd love for you to, because you've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to, because this is the way that things will prosper. If you meditate upon His Word day and night, God can turn things around. God can do this. Not only are you born again, you're, you're freshly saved, but now you need to put something in. You need to, to be nourished. And so praise the Lord. Uh, she, she, I was able to go out and then come back in and gift her with that. And I, I, I saw her many months later, and she just hugged my neck. She said, just thank you, thank you. Things have turned around for me. Hallelujah. Why does the Lord manifest himself? Because he loves glory. He said he'll share his glory with nobody. We, folks, we need to trust in him and not in ourselves. Jennifer, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm very proud of you. I've known she and Shane. She, she's very smart. I mean, she's very, very smart. That's the reason she did well on that test. I've taken those tests. She did very well. And, but she was smart enough to marry Shane, so, so she's just smart all the way around, isn't she? But, but we can't, even as pastors, even as, as leaders, even as people, we cannot ever think that our office will get us anywhere with God. Our office will not get us anywhere with people, right? We, we, have, to, we have to study and show ourselves approved unto God just so that I can sit at his feet. I need to learn from him, Brother Larry. So there's something that for us to not think of ourselves more highly than we often think, but we should think soberly according God has dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. You know, he's given everyone in this room the measure of faith, which is like a, he lights the pilot light. To make it get hotter, we have to fan the flame. Right? Amen? Amen. And so we have to do something because he blesses us. Because when he sees, I'm doing it not to get, but I'm doing it that I can come closer. David Wilkerson wrote a phenomenal book. It says, Hungry for More of Jesus. I would recommend that. You can get it from Amazon. Uh, it, it just turned my life upside down. Hungry for More of Jesus. That's really what we need, right? So then uh, we trust uh, him and not ourselves. But see, here's something. that uh, Remember I talked about people like, They'll, they'll stomp and scream and holler and shout and bless God this and pray for you and, and just slather you with oil and all of that kind of stuff. But in their mind, they're thinking about how they're going to appear to other people. You think I'm teasing, don't you? Don't let me down here, God. You're going to follow through because, you know, I've been doing this, doing, doing, doing this, and he says, excuse me? Unless you abide in me, you can do the N-word. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I remember one Sunday morning, it's back when I was still in the fellowship at uh, Central Church of God. You know, we had like 6,500 6, members. And I taught Sunday school class. Um, and so we had three services. And so then I was also an elder, and so... We, they brought people up to, you know, we needed to pray for. And there was this guy that came up to me, 
and he says, I'm totally deaf in this ear, and I only have 20% in this ear, and it, it's, it's degenerating. It's hereditary. Please pray for me. Well, I want to tell you something. My knee's not. He's deaf here, only 20% here, and it's degenerating. So I remember just what I read that Jesus did. I stuck my fingers in his ears, and I prayed for him. Pulled my fingers out, and I said, can you, can you hear me better? No. So I went to pray for him again. Went to pray for him again. Keep asking the question. Asking them the question, nothing was changing. He saw my frustration. The Lord saw my frustration. But I, he said, thank you. And he turned and went away. Folks, I, I, I can't even tell you the people I prayed for after that because that's the only thing I remembered. And I was so tore up. I was so hurt. I was so, I'm like, Lord, you call me as an elder. You call me to be a minister and stick my neck out there and this happens. This would have been a great time for you to show yourself strong. But deep, and somewhere along there, is, and make me look good. I confess it. I'll confess it right in front of you. I'm sure you've had that same issue too. God, this would really look good on my resume. How many of you have prayed for people and you, you want it to come past so that they'll think you 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 really? Mm-hmm. Right? How about you, Jennifer? Amen. It's because we are human. We are frail. But I remember it bothered me all that day, all that day. And I remember that night I'm laying there in bed just, just crying. I'm like, God, really? The guy needed his hearing more than anything else. He's losing his hearing. And I'm weeping before the Lord. I, I'm not going to get mad at the Lord. I, I tell people, do not get angry with God. You cannot get angry with God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Our God shall deliver us from this fire, but if He chooses not, we shall not bow. Right? But I was tore up, turning and tossing. I had to get up, just get out of bed. So I just had to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Well, probably about a couple months later, so when you got 6,500 6, people and they're going between buildings from the sanctuary to Sunday school, I mean, you know, it's a bunch of people. I mean, it's, it's a crowd. It's a sea. I remember that some guy came up to me and he said, Hey, excuse me, excuse me. I said, Yeah, that's going to help you. He said, Say something. I said, Something. <laughs> that's what he said. He told me, Say something. So I said, Something. He said, Say something. Then I recognized who he was. God healed his ears. It took a couple days. Then, then the one that was totally deaf popped open. Then the other, he got it where it was equalized. But the reason it took a couple days is because God had to take care of somebody else. He had to fix somebody else. Because if he would have opened those ears at that moment... I would have still been the same dumb sap. Right? You got me? 
I would have done the dumb sap thing to the next guy or the next girl. He wanted to change me. Right? He's a chess player, folks. He's not a checker player. He's not one step at a time. But I want to tell you, this is where it comes down to. Also in Mark chapter 9, where we see the boy, you know, help, I believe, but help my unbelief. At the beginning of that, Jesus said, There's, or there are people that are even standing here that shall not see death until they have seen the, seen the glory of the heaven. Right? They didn't know what he's talking about. But several days, a week later, six days later, said that he took Peter, James, and John to, to a mountain, and he was transfigured there. And his countenance changed, or his raiment changed. Everything changed where he, he, he shone as a noonday sun, whiter than snow. And then also he saw that Jesus was there talking to Elijah and then also to uh, Moses. Peter was excited. I mean, he's just able to see this thing. But here, I want to reveal mankind and then also people that are out of line on their, of their uh, responsibility within the kingdom of God. Peter said, Lord, it's wonderful that we are here. Right? Okay, that's good. Let us now build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Elijah, and one for Moses. Now, we know that story, right? God didn't care for that. Because he spoke out of the cloud and he said, This is my son who I am, I am, whom I love. He says, Hear you him. What Peter did and what many ministers and even Christians do is they put Jesus equal with others. It was wrong. Let's build one here, one here, and one here. I don't know about if, how, how much of a student you are, but Elijah loved it at the end of his life. Mo flubbed his too, right? He died over his. So now you, you think that, the, yeah, one represented the law and one represented the prophets, but then Jesus fulfilled the law and the prophets. He fulfilled it all. He's not equal. He is God in a, in a body of flesh, but he's all God. The reason he came in flesh is so that he might satisfy God over our sins. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 that he came in, in the form lower than the angels in, the, in flesh that he might be a nursemaid to us, that he might succor us in our points of need. In our struggles that he might understand and know that he would be a faithful high priest. That's in chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 4. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in all points was tempted as we are yet without sin. Thereby let us come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain uh, mercy and help in time of need. Right? Is that what it says? So we have to humble ourselves. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. Exalt yourself and He shall humble you. Refuse the devil and He'll, 
he'll flee from you. That's not true. The Bible says you submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Right? It's, you've got to have God. He has to be glorified. Not only does he want to manifest himself, but he wants us to manifest him before who he is. He needs the glory. He desires the glory. He deserves the glory. Don't ever put yourself in a tabernacle equal with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know why? You shall receive nothing. Nothing. So many people are out there, oh God, where are you? You're just not answering prayer like you used to. Well, it's because he's got people serving and they're not like the people used to be. We've got too many other things that fill our minds and fill our heads. Used to, you know what you did for entertainment? You went to church. My grandfather was my pastor growing up, and it's for air conditioning. So they would they would raise the windows of the church. I don't know if any of y'all remember that. My grandfather was a wonderful man of God. He was a preacher. He was a preacher's preacher. The church house would fill up, and they would sit out in the yard and listen to him preach to them. Amen. That's what I cut my teeth at. I was two years old standing at a coffee table preaching out of, out of the family Bible that was bigger than this pulpit because I saw him do it. Maybe one day God will call me. So folks, I, Jesus wants to manifest himself. But there's some prerequisites. You need to love his word. And he says, if you love my word, you'll keep it. It means you'll do it, Right? I can, I can keep his word on my nightstand until Sunday because that way I know where it will be on Sunday. I can keep it right over there on the desk. I, I can keep it. That's not what he's talking about. I mean, there's, there's, there's some people that their Bible, their scriptures, it helps them because it, it's, it's been there all week and it becomes a writing pad where you can say, dust me. You can write a note on the outside. That's not what he's talking about, keeping his word and loving his word. He said, if you keep it, he says, my father will love you, and I will love you, and we shall come, and I shall manifest myself. But then later on, he says, but if you love me, you'll keep my, you'll keep my word. You'll love it. He says, but then we'll come and make our abode with you, which means not just you visit me on Sunday. It means I'll show up at your house where there's laundry that needs to be done. I'll show up at your house when you don't know how you're going to make the next payment. I will come and make my abode with you wherever you live and however you live. I, I will come to help you live better. This is the Jesus that I want to declare to you this morning. This is the one that loves you. I want to say, Do you know my Jesus? Do you know my friend? Have you heard that he loves you and that he will abide till the Are you estranged from him? Do you want to be closer to him? 
Do you want him to come and sup with you? That intimate time. How long has it been that you have felt intimate with the Lord Jesus? How long has it been? This is a real question. How long has it been that you just could not wait to spend time with him? Charles Spurgeon, who was a prince of preachers, he wouldn't speak to his wife until he had first spoken to his father. Laying there in the same bed. Father, good morning. Father, I love you. Before he would look in the face of his wife. Had a friend, Pastor Tolliver, he lived beside him. Beside us. My wife and I, we would, and our family would have him over for supper. You can tell when somebody has intimacy with Jesus. Because when they talk about him, they weep. Tears run out of their face, down their cheeks, and they're just talking casually about Jesus. Those are the ones that are lovers of Jesus. They're lovers. They don't scurry to try to get a message about him. They can do it at a drop of a hat because they live in testimony. Right? But Pastor Tolliver, during the Depression, they had to get their crops in, not only because they had to get their crops in, but then people would steal them, steal your, so you had to, so you had to go do it. So they, they would get other kids and, and, you know, adults, and they would try to get the harvest in before they went to school. Pastor Tolliver would just hurry if he's plucking corn. He would go and he'd do about four rows. And, they, they, and you know, he was just making his friends and he's, even the adults kind of shaming them, said, Hey, Tolliver, you're going to have to, you have to slow up. You're making us all look bad. Why do, you, why do you work so fast and so hard? He said, because I do four rows, and at the end of the fourth row, I fall on my knees, and I can spend time with Jesus. Do you know him? Do you want to know him? This was a man that loved Jesus so much that at the day of his death or the, his funeral, there are 64 people that are serving the Lord in full-time ministry all around the world that Pastor Tolliver led to the Lord and discipled them and duplicated himself all around the world. That's available to everyone that's in this room today. God bless you. Pastor, thank you for having me today. Jennifer, very proud of you. Don't stop now. Don't sit on your hands. It's only begun.